Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, 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 friends, welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and it's Friday, and I'm so glad that we get to be together today. Whether you're on a walk listening to this podcast, or you're driving in your car, or maybe you are nursing a baby in the middle of the night, or you're walking to class, whatever it is, I just want to tell you, I'm really honored that you chose to join the happy hour today. I honestly wish that we were having coffee today. Wouldn't that be great? But we can't. But we can act like we are and we can dream about it. But here we are. Welcome to the happy hour. You guys, we have another preview for you. You have heard the news, or if you haven't, here it is. We started a collaboration of podcasters in the spring. It's Ivy Media Podcast. The team here at Ivy Media has been so excited about these new shows that we're bringing to you. And here's why we're excited. Because we really, 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 really believe uh, in the messages that all of these shows are putting out into the world. And so today we have another preview for you. If you haven't heard of my friends, Preston Perry and Jackie Hill Perry, well, I don't know if you've been living under a rock, but they have a phenomenal podcast called 30 Minutes with the Perrys. And just this summer, they joined our Ivy Media podcast group. And so they have a new season that's been releasing over the last couple of weeks. And so we want to play a preview for you. If you've never listened to their podcast before, I hope that you will listen today and maybe you'll find a new show to add to your rotation. And listen, I'm a podcast junkie. I love listening to podcasts and I love when people tell me about new podcasts. And so I really hope that you're enjoying these previews. What I would love for you is if you love the show that you hear today, go over, subscribe to it. And if you love it even more, give them a rating and or a review, because honestly, that is the way that you can show love to all of your podcasts that you listen to. You know what? I'll just give you a little pitch. Whatever shows you listen to, if you love them, that host would love if you would go give them a rating or a review. Both of them would be awesome. They would love five stars because it really helps more people find our shows. And I believe that there are enough shows in the world for everyone. And so I want you to go do that to every show that you listen to, not just the happy hour. We'll take it. But every show you listen to, go show them some love this weekend. Put it on your little to-do list to go show your podcast friends some love. You guys, Jackie and Preston are just two of my favorite people. They are the real deal. They love Jesus. They love people. And their podcast keeps it very, very real. I think you're going to really, really enjoy the conversation that you hear today. Friends, I have two things that I want to tell you before we jump in. The first is this. Last summer, our team over here at Ivy Media really got together and said, we want to create an opportunity for our listeners to really give back. Now, I know that economy is hard right now. I know the past two years have been really, really difficult. But I think that when we are people who lean into the difficultness and who push back on the lie that we don't have enough to give and who look around the world and say, how can I be a part of this? I think God is so, so honored when we do that. And so we partnered with ICM last summer and we built a church. You guys, we raised $15,000. Now, I want to tell you, uh, just to be completely honest with you, I've been gone a lot this summer. It's been kind of like crazy over here at the office. And I don't think that we have been able to tell you as often as we want to about ICM. I would love to ask you to partner with us. And listen, I'm not asking for you to give to them every month. If you want to, that's awesome. I'm asking for a one-time gift. You have $25 that you could give to the Kasalaba Church in Uganda. Now, this church has been functioning as a body of believer for years, but they don't have a building. And I believe in the local church so much. I love my local church. I think that is where God is moving within local churches. And I don't think a church body is the building. Don't hear me say that at all. It either does ICM. But what we do know to be true is in these rural villages, these church buildings are not just a place where they meet on Sunday mornings. This is a place where they do education. This is a place where they do community building. This is a place where they do outreach. And so I just love that we get to come alongside them and be a part of this. So if you go to jamieivy.com slash build a church, it's jamieivy.com slash build a church. I'm just asking $25. Some of you, 25 is nothing. 100 maybe. For some of you, five would be amazing. And so would you think about that today and over the weekend? Pray about it. Talk to your friends. Talk to your spouse. Talk to your kids. Go to jamieivy.com slash build a church. And join with us as we link arms in helping the Kasalaba Church in Uganda get the building that they have wanted for so long. 
Okay, bear with me. I'm, we're almost to 30 minutes with the Perrys, okay? Here's the very last thing that I want to tell you. Are you ready? The very last thing is this. If you have been around listening to the podcast, following me on social media, you know that our team here at Ivy Media launched at the beginning of August a course for anyone that has ever dreamed of creating their own podcast. Now, podcasting is the coolest job in the world, I must say. I love it so much. I believe in other people starting shows, and we want to help people. So this course, it officially ended on Thursday, but we have extended it to today. Today is the very final day. It closes at midnight. Last day to do it. Go to jamieivy.com slash courses. Check it out. There's questions there. We can answer your questions. Send me a message. But it does end tonight at midnight. No questions asked. It is done at midnight tonight. And this course is going to help you do everything you need to know for the basics of starting your podcast. From your idea all the way to releasing that podcast into the world, we're going to walk with you step by step. There's 12 modules, over 40 videos of us giving you instruction. But the most beautiful part is there's a whole entire community there ready to do this together. And I felt so lonely in the beginning seasons of starting my podcast that I would have loved to have had this community. So if you're interested, if you know a friend that's interested, send them the link, jamieivy.com slash courses. Okay, you guys, that was a lot. I am so excited about 30 Minutes with the Perrys. I'm so excited about my friends, Jackie and Preston, being on the Ivy Media Podcast group. And I'm so excited about what we can do for the Kasalaba Church in Uganda. And I'm so excited about our course. Okay, enough from me. Happy Friday. Listen to this preview from my friends, Jackie and Preston, on 30 Minutes with the Perrys. Hey Saints and Ains, I hope you're well. What it do do? Well, I don't, I don't know. Somebody yesterday was telling me about uh, the spray because I, what I thought about was people washing dishes, and then I thought about how uh, Philip and Jasmine was over, and they was talking about spraying the soap on the dishes. Yeah, I remember. What, what made you think about that right now? Because I thought about how what people might be doing while they're listening to this. Not people gotcha. watching, but people listening. Listening. That they, they might be washing dishes. Right. And then I thought about what kind of dish soap they're using. You actually don't like washing dishes. You like the dishwasher. Yeah. Why is that? I just feel like people who wash dishes with a dishwasher next to them is a little like crazy. You talking about me? I wasn't going to say you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like you can actually just put the dishes in the thing and then just put the little pod in and close it. And this is my problem. Be Jackie likes sitting there. One. No, two. I'm quick with now it. Now let's though. do all the forks. It's efficient. It's like. This is my problem. When y'all use the dishwasher, you low key gotta wash the dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. True. Yes, it is. You gotta turn on the water. You gotta rinse it off. If you got stuff with crust on it, you gotta clean that. And no, that feels like a waste of my time. I don't clean none of that. What I do is I put them in there as is. And if they're not clean, a second time will do the job. That's a, that's a, that's why our water bill is so high. Hey, because of you. Yeah, but I got time to do other things. Let's get into this um, this topic. What, what are we, we talking about? I'm gonna ask you. What are we talking about? Uh, when friends leave the faith, or when people leave the faith. So, if someone were to say, let's say someone's listening to this podcast. And they are not familiar with even Christian verbiage, because that's what that is. Yeah. How would you explain what that is? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. So when s someone who have had a public declaration of them serving the Lord Jesus Christ and them repenting of their sin and becoming a, a, a Christian, becoming a, someone who follows Jesus, and then later on they say, you know what, this decision um, that I've made to follow Jesus I realized that it was maybe the wrong decision. It's something that I don't want to do anymore. And I'm choosing to be someone who doesn't follow God or God, or maybe they decided to follow another God. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what someone leaving the faith means. You know what? I think um, in recent years, I've experienced this more, whether in my own relationships or just honestly, just like on Twitter, and Facebook and stuff like yeah. seeing you know public figures or whatever uh, denounce the Christian faith they once confessed. Yeah, and it's interesting to me because I'm always really intrigued by what what motivated them to do that because yeah. there's so many different reasons. You yeah. got people who are just disenchanted with the church, uh, with evangelicalism or whatever. You got people who might have been 
um, introduced to an alter alternative teaching. So even like people who black Hebrew Israelism, most of them came out of church. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, uh, uh, I found a, 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 a better teaching. And so that's a leaving of the faith. And so I don't know what, I guess, what are some of the reasons you've heard people give for why they no longer want to be Christian? Yeah, I think it's this idea floating around or this ideology that that that's teaching people out there that Christianity is oppressive. Okay. That 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 um that serving Jesus isn't real freedom, but it 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 it, it stops you or prevents you of being your true and real self. Mm -hmm. And um I've always, you know, kind of bucked up against that I I believe lie. Yeah. Because I think that, um, in a lot of ways, and this is this isn't this isn't this isn't just to make like a blanket statement. Because I think in every in every case it can be different, right? And so I, I want to just first preface it by saying that. But but I do think that um, there comes a time when Jesus causes us to choose hmm. between Him and the things that our hearts heart's desire and I think that if you find yourself in a wrong crowd that can articulate things in a in a in a in a in a good way they could convince you that no what you're denying about yourself is actually oppressing you hmm. instead of no like you dying for something or you or you're or you're letting something go for something better mm -hmm. right and so I think I think a lot of people, I, I've seen a lot of people buy into this lie that serving Jesus um, is holding me down. Yeah. Um, which is, I just I just think it's a lie from the devil, to be frank. I, yeah, because that's the first lie uh, in, in the garden, you know, is that, hey, there is more out there for me to have. Yeah. One is that tree he told me not to have. That got knowledge in it. Yeah. Of good and evil, so I'm gonna need that, yeah. and so I have to disobey you to get uh, what's off limits. Because Eve was like, "Yo, like," he, she was convinced, or she, you know, by listening to the devil, like, "Why wouldn't I want to eat this?" To, yeah, it's to, good for to, food. To, 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 to be like God, you know, because um, he said so, and, like and God said no, which is a part of the underlying um, belief system that leads people to rebel is an attempt to be free in the same way that God is. Mm -hmm. We want to be independent of everything, all boundaries, all rules, all uh, constraints, but that's not possible simply because we're human. Mm -hmm. You will always be bound and constrained by something. Yeah. The question must be, is it a good thing? That's, right? whew, that's it, a word. Like, so to be like, either you're a slave to righteousness or you're a slave to sin. Yeah. In both contexts, you're a slave. Yeah, right. But one leads to life and one leads to death. Yeah. And so it's it's all a, a, yeah. a thing. The, one of my favorite parables, and it probably shouldn't be my favorite because it's like, why is it? Is the parable of the sower. Mm -hmm. And I want to read it out loud. I don't I don't want to par paraphrase this because I think it's it's helpful. Let me scroll on over. All right. So I'm gonna read Jesus' explanation. This in Matthew. Matthew 13, and this speaks to our conversation. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word mm. and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. Somebody mm. say a while. A while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understand it and he indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold and another 60 and another 30. And mm. I, and this, I like this parable because to me, it gives a lot of context to the inner, like the outward I guess stressors on people who receive the word yeah. and how that impacts them differently and how they respond. Yeah, like they so, both so, hear the word with two different responses. Well, it's it's four scenarios. Yeah, yeah, four scenarios. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like yeah, we, we everybody doesn't respond in the same way 
when they hear the word. When I read it, what were you thinking? I think what, what I was thinking is there are some people who hear the word of God. And I, I heard somebody say something. It, it made me think about this quote. I forget who said it. But it was um, they, they said something along the lines of um, if you have been called out of darkness, the more you hear about God makes you love him more. Um, but if you are still in darkness, the more you hear about God makes you run from him more. Yikes. Um, and so I think that's the first thing that I thought about, because I think huh. if you are a new creature, right, the more you are confronted with this great and loving God, it's going to make you love and be drawn to him more. But if you haven't really wrestled with your sin or really felt the weight of your sin or if you just grew up in Christianity or grew up in a Christian home and did things out of duty, the more hearing about God is going to feel like a burden to you. Yeah. It's going to feel like a weight. It's going to feel, you know, um, and, and, and so I, that kind of bring me to something else that I want to say. Like, I think that when someone walks away from the faith, I do think that it should be a great level of compassion for someone because either they're they walked away for a short, short time and, and i believe if they belong to the lord the lord is going to draw them back to they'll himself return. yeah they, they'll return but for the person who who's kind of like you know lived this life pretending or not really sure if they belong to the lord and they really didn't you have to think about how stressful and how burdensome that, that was for that person. Yeah. To try to live a life that's impossible to live apart from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. And so I think I think it should draw us to compassion. And we shouldn't be judgmental, but we know how hard it is to serve the Lord with the Holy Spirit. I wanna I wanna emphasize some something you said, because you just said a lot. Yeah. Um, which is that there are some people who have grown up in Christian contexts and have consistently received the word. The seed was planted, yeah. right? And they received the word with gladness. They went to church with you. They went to Bible study with you. Yeah. They might have had a ministry. Uh, they worship. They lift their hands. Yet they end up, quote unquote, falling away, which is disorienting. Because mm -hmm. you have memories of yeah. them doing the same thing that you did as a Christian. But the question has to be asked is, did the seed sink into the soil? Mm. You know, because just because you were in, in ministry doesn't mean you were actually bearing fruit. Just because you were talking about God doesn't mean you were actually bearing fruit. So there are some people who we have described as falling away, but they were never in. They were never a part of the fold anyway. Yeah. But then there is also the, 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 the wisdom that says they could still be. Yeah. They're just not committed now. You're going to like, cause I feel like it's easy to be like, oh, they fell away. They would never say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But real. we, we actually we don't, know. don't know that. Cause we try to low key play God <laughs> when somebody walks away. Cause like, we like putting people in categories. Yeah. And I think, I think certain camps do it more than others. Camps oh, in, for sure. In, in, in Christendom, <laughs> we're not going to go there. Uh -huh. But it's like, oh, they walked away. They were never with us. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, that's not you really um, trying to stay committed to Scripture. That's you rooted in tribalism. Mm -hmm. And so you feel this anger like they portrayed you and you're not really concerned about their soul mm -hmm. in the first place. And so that's a whole nother topic. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think that there is a self-righteousness there when somebody walks away from the faith. And it's like, no, nah, like... The reality is, it's like, you don't really know. No, we don't. If they belong to the Lord, like, you don't know what God has done in their heart, you know, like, and we don't know. We can, we can speculate. We can, we can have questions, you know, but I think the, the, the best thing to do is, is to pray, yeah. you know? Um, and, and then to, again, my other brain is like, but can you know though? Cause I mean, John says, you know, those who have been born of God will not continue in sin. Uh, even Paul in, in Hebrews talks about those who are, what's the word? When someone rejects the faith, it starts with an A. Uh, a. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Kim? 
Apostate? Yes. No, oh, okay. He he talks about that. Like right. like people who were around mm-hmm. uh the Christian faith, around the spirit of God, like all this type of stuff and how like it's kind of like all bad for them. Got it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in in on one end, I, I I wonder if someone legitimately walking away and not being a believer is actually discernible. I just think that it takes humility and patience and Holy Spirit driven wisdom to be able to come to those kinds of conclusions. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times we are making conclusions about people standing with God and we don't even have a relationship with them to discern correctly. Absolutely. Right? Which I want to talk about that, but I, I want to just say, even when you just brought up the scripture about, you know, those who belong to God, they cannot continue in sin. It's not our job to to know how long that continuing in sin lasts, right? Because I think we, we can say, oh, he, he walked away two years ago. He's mm. definitely not a believer. God might what, draw him back in his 40s when he left God in his 20s. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. Um, but I, So I think the, the thing that God wants us to do the most, I, I will emphasize this a lot in this podcast, is to pray. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's really to pray. You know what I'm saying? But, I, but so what you just said, I think that um, social media makes a, things just difficult. Yeah, it's not it's not real life. Yeah, it's not real life and no. it's not a place where we can rightfully judge or even have the close proximity enough to see why somebody walked away from the faith because we've had friends and we've had people who walked away from the faith and it was very public and the way people dealt with it on social media it's like this I know we are a part of a larger community, a global community of the body of Christ. But a lot of the way in which we deal with people who walk away from 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 the Lord online is really how we're supposed to deal with people walking away from Christ in a local context. Maybe. Well, I'm meaning. I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. The confrontation element. The confrontation, even in the local context, I don't think the confrontation confrontation should be that that way. I it, think that you know, yes. we should allow the elders to walk through. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I just think that a lot of times we see tribalism and we see arrogance and we see um people feeling like they have to play someone's holy spirit uh-huh. to um to try to like convict someone of their sin yeah. and like and it's like no really what you're just doing is just revealing your lack of trust in god and mm-hmm. his sovereignty by you attacking someone or trying to like you know yeah, it's a, it's a wisdom principle yeah it's a, it's a wisdom principle yeah. because uh I, re- I remember one time there was somebody that I follow on Twitter who once, uh, you know, identified as Christian and no longer does. And I was looking at uh, a tweet they made and underneath the tweet, this person just kept posting all these scriptures. You know what I'm saying? Like repent and believe and da, 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 da. And I was like, you do realize that they they know that scripture. Right. And that they most likely actually wrestled with that scripture yeah. and came to the conclusion that they don't believe that scripture. Right. And so is posting this scripture actually the wisest method to convince them of it? Yeah. And so I just I just I feel like there takes some wisdom and some nuance and just understanding humans, because one thing that Christians can be really bad at is the art of persuasion. Mm-hmm. They don't know it. Yeah. And so you think, oh, I'm going to just yell a passage and as if that's persuasive. Yeah. No. Right. When you read Paul, one of one thing that Paul was really good at was re- using rhetorical devices to persuade people towards the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like what if the method isn't to just like abuse people with the text, but to say, man, how are you today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need anything? Yeah. Like taking care of people's, not just their soul, but their person. Yeah. I I think that would go a long way, actually. Yeah, yeah, which kind of like, that's really good. And I think I feel kind of inclined to encourage people who actually have people in their life who have walked away from the faith or in the future might walk away from the faith. Um, Because I know it can be a hurtful thing, especially if you love someone. And oh, you see it's, them. It's, sad. it's you know, I, I I I do think that there is a level of lament that needs to happen, right? You need to be sad. You need to grieving is not a bad thing. Yeah. But I think a lot of times people have this question: How do I deal with it? Uh-huh. You know. 
And I think we 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 fall into this thing of like overthinking and hmm. and not treating someone like a human made in the image of God just because they're not a part of the faith that we are a part of. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, I think the best thing that we can do when somebody walks away from the faith who's closer to us, who's close to us, is making sure that we remain an open door. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think when someone walks. How do you with, do that? Yeah, I, I, that's a good question. So I think. I think when somebody walks away from the faith, we're sad, right? And I, I and we have all of these emotions. But I, I think the one way we can be an open door is not necessarily withholding truth from them, but praying God, praying to God of when we share that truth. Because you have to understand when somebody walks away from the faith, they automatically expect Christians to evangelize again, evangelize to them, <laughs> but they don't expect Christians to treat them normal. Huh. Right. And so I do feel like in our wisdom, right, wisdom says, no, let me let me treat this person like I wasn't their friend or wasn't their buddy just because they were a Christian. Mm. But I was their friend because I like their personality. Mm. We like the same things. We Mm -hmm. talk about basketball and I don't always have to evangelize to you every single time you come in my presence. Right. I don't always have to try to give you the gospel for scriptures down here. Mm -hmm. No, but we can sit down and we can talk about politics Mm -hmm. or sports. We can enjoy a meal. Mm -hmm. We're not even me bringing up the truth that I already know you heard a million times in your life. Yeah. And so I think what happens when we remain an open door like that and when we remain a safe space, we, we actually create more opportunities in the future for that person to say, man, if I do have some questions about God, yeah. I know I have a person who, who doesn't make me feel like I'm just the worst sinner every time I'm in their presence or the worst you know, atheist when I'm in their presence who I can come to and talk to. And I think that's what wisdom does. I think the, to be a, the devil's advocate, pun intended, um, there's also the reality, though, that when some people are in certain spaces, you know, where their heart is hard and they're resistant to the truth, uh, they will feel bad. And they will feel shame to the point that they don't even want to be around you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's so the thing. that's also a, a hard thing to wrestle with is when someone who was your friend falls away um, and distances themselves from you because of what you represent and who you remind them of. Yeah. And so I think it takes kind of some some prayer with God and some kind of getting outside of yourself to not feel like you're the problem or perhaps you are but i don't know you get what i'm saying right like yeah. no that's like that's you real. can you can try your best to be an open door but the reality is is if you represent truth truth is they're offensive walk, they're not gonna walk yeah without you even speaking yeah just you being you you that's, being christian and you that's saying what, no to sin that's what i tell people all the time <laughs> we don't have to be more offensive because the gospel is offensive enough yeah Right. And so don't add on to the offense. It's like your lifestyle should convict people of their sin way more than your words do. And I think a lot of times we try to convict people of their sin who walk away from the faith because our life ain't going to do it. Right. It's like, no, like 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 if you if you live your life the way God is calling you to live, I think that sometimes what's going to happen naturally that either two things going to happen. The person who walked away from the faith, they're going to eventually see that you're a safe space, see that you're a wise person who's not going to always throw the gospel down their throat every time you see them. And if they have questions about God, you're going to be the first person they talk to. Or they're going to say, man, this person's life is so different from mine. I don't want to be around them acting holy or not gossiping about people or not doing these things that I, that I once did. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, refrain from being their friend. I'm going to distance myself away from them, which can be a, a hurtful thing. But I, I do think that even when those people, you know, stray away from you, which can be a hurtful thing and don't want to be your friend no more. I think that if God in his sovereignty ever draws them back, that if you were a person that didn't attack them as soon as they walked away from the faith, you'll be the first first person they probably call when they when they want to you yeah. know talk about the Lord. And so um, I don't know. I just think that I, maybe it's the evangelistic. 
no. Yeah, yeah, thing in me, but I think that's the best way to handle it. I want to talk about the parable of the sower again because I guess the inner motivations that tempt people towards leaving Jesus, like we talked about in the beginning, how like, you know, Jesus said that those who, there are those who hear the word and immediately receive it with joy, but yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises, immediately he falls away. Hmm. But then he also says, you know, there are those who uh, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, man, he's saying that there are, there are people who will be tempted to fall away or will fall away because of suffering. Mm -hmm. And there are people who will be tempted to fall away or do fall away because of worldliness. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet, I think whether it's social media or conversations you might have with your friends, those are not the answers that they will give you for why they fell away. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Usually they'll attack some type of doctrine or, or the existence of God or uh, the, uh, the, the Bible is a white supremacist book. Yeah. They won't actually say, you know what? I just want to have sex with whoever I want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I, I bring that up because I've found that a really helpful way to discuss or get to the root of problems, not get to the root, but like to chat, chat it up with your friends that are like want to leave the faith is to like not focus on the verbiage they communicate, but the potential idol that is brewing underneath it. Yeah. Right. So if it's, if you get what I'm saying, that doesn't make sense. Yes. Yes. So not, not dealing with the, deal with the root problems and not the manifestations. Like not, not. So you're an apologist, right? Right. You got people who will like, let's say we even talk about black African spirituality. You got people that think, Oh, I just need to argue the 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 sufficiency of scripture. Mm-hmm. Or I need to argue the atonement. And maybe you do, but perhaps in the conversation, what you could actually hear hurt. is hurt mm-hmm. and trauma or exhaustion. Yeah. Right. And so how can we not be distracted by these surface arguments and actually get to the root of the problem? Yeah, because I think you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I think the Bible, I think when we when if we look at the Bible only as an instruction book to how to live for righteous righteousness, but not as a, as a, as a book that teaches us how to feel and mourn with those who mourn Mm. and to, and to, and to be compassionate with others. I think that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to say the word says this, you should do that. Yes. And it's like, no, like, like, no, the, 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 the word is centered around this man who became flesh and lived amongst people and cry with people and mourn with people and you know and yeah and, and met people where they with where they at and so like it's not just some instruction book but it's a way of how to live life mm-hmm. like and is and this man teaches us how to mm-hmm. live life Jesus teaches us how to how to be compassionate and so I think that if we look at it like oh the word says this you should do that and think just us merely shouting out scripture is going to change someone mm-hmm. I just don't like, no, like the Bible just doesn't teach us how to have right doctrine, but it teaches us how to live out that doctrine with others. And so I think, man, when people walk away from the faith, it's hard. But I think that, man, like trying to understand why Mm. or trying to understand what drove them to leave the faith Mm -hmm. or trying to be the opposite of what they seen that made them leave the faith. How we how we truly try to do that, Mm. like how how we how we truly try to be um, the opposite of what they received, you know what I'm saying? That the opposite of why they feel this hurt in the first place. What the Bible compels us to do is to is to be compassionate. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and have love. That's you know true. what I'm saying? Uh, I guess. I thought about how we're kind of in this like, you know, deconstruction is the most popular word, right? Mm. And how people are really afraid of people deconstructing because they're afraid that they will fall away from the faith, or you have people who don't. They haven't even said that they're not rocking with Jesus no more, but they are questioning a lot of their beliefs that they mm-hmm. were raised. And I think if you're a friend of this person or a pastor or a family member, Christians get really afraid. And so they 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 just like they don't they don't want their people to leave Jesus. But I think what I'm starting to to understand is that some people need to go to that place. 
some people need to go to that place where they ask really hard questions about what they believe, about the Bible, about God, about gender, about sex, about marriage, because some people that are deconstructing, they're just trying to believe in something real. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. some some people have to tear down stuff to build it back up again on a foundation that's solid and a foundation that they want to stand on. Because you got a lot of saints that grew up in the church and they just believe what was taught, but they never actually process through it. You know what so, I'm saying? Let me ask you this though: with in deconstructing your faith, I wouldn't say deconstructing my faith. I say deconstructing or decon in deconstructing. Right? Yeah. Where's the balance of of having Christians around you who can who can be a counter voice, right? Like, cause I, cause I've seen, cause I've seen two things. I've seen people deconstruct what they believe, but only surround themselves around people who don't believe in Jesus, right? And so, and I've seen people deconstruct. But, but I'm not even way. I'm not even speaking to the people that are deconstructing. I'm speaking to the people that are around those that are deconstructing because you cannot control how they choose to do it. Right. That's what I'm saying. But, but I guess my question is, and I don't know, is it a healthy way? What is the is it is it is it a healthy way to deconstruct and what does it look like? Yes, there's a healthy way. But again, I can't impose the healthy way on nobody because there are some people that might do it in an unhealthy way and still come out good. Yeah. And so, sure, do it in community. Sure, do it with humility. Sure, do it begging God to keep you in your right mind. Sure, pray, pray that God will help you. But at the end of the day, I don't have control over how somebody chooses to process their faith. All I can do is pray that even if they go through hell and high water, believe all kinds of progressive and liberal and ratchet and terrible ideas, that at the end of the day, God will be faithful enough to get them through that where it actually works out for their good and the good of the church. That's really good. That's what I'm saying. That's really good. But I was only asking because I think there's somebody who might be listening who doesn't really know how to deconstruct their faith in a healthy way and they've probably had that question and nobody's ever ever told them how to do it and so i do think that for those who have the question it's like i don't know how to deconstruct you know in a, in a healthy way and i think all the things that you just said even though we cannot force people to do that but for the ones who want to know how to do it yeah. i think that we should I th- I as the church we should i don't think do anybody it. should be afraid anybody should be afraid of asking hard questions of the bible because it's a lot in there you got genocide, you got rape, you got uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah. Tamar, you got uh, in numbers where the people come up to the dude's house and rape his wife and he cuts her into 12 pieces and sends it all over to, to different tribes. You got Job who, uh, not Job, you have, uh, what's his name? Lots, uh, Lot, Lot, who yeah. they come knock on the door. And he like, nah, you can have yeah. my daughters. Yeah. It's a lot of troubling things in the Bible. God told his wife not to look back. She looked back and was like, you're a pillar of salt. You and said, like, God is not afraid of your questions. Yeah. The, so the, but you it, also have, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but you also have people who, um, who love science. And sometimes science is a big thing that draws people, especially people who, um, who lean more towards their intellect, you know what I'm saying? And, and they're deep thinkers. They can start thinking about um, how evidence shows that the world is a certain age and how that contradicts with the Bible and how the flood didn't really exist and how when you get into like scientific things like the uniformity in nature and laws of logic and induction and all of these things, I think people walk away from the faith for not even issues that they have with the Bible, but outside things, you know what I'm saying? And so but, I think, but with that, the, 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 we can try to be critical about the process when the process is determined by the person's motives. Mm-hmm. And so if you are looking for any reason not to trust God, there are a lot of options for you. Yeah. Right. And so I, I you could argue them people down, but if you're an idol worshiper, you're going to be an idol worshiper. Yeah. 
So the, the, I think the, the people have to cultivate a heart of purity and a commitment to find what the truth is. If you really want the truth as revealed in Jesus Christ through his gospel by the power of the spirit, you will find it. Yeah. But if you want to believe lies, you're going to believe them. Yeah, <laughs> and so I. But that isn't that isn't always true for certain people because I think some certain certain I, I get that motives saying. aren't at play. Well, I, I I believe that motives are at play, but I do believe that some people have legitimate questions. Now, I do think that that it doesn't it doesn't mean that that their motives aren't 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 at play. I'm just saying that it's 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 two sides to a coin. That a lot of times people have legitimate questions and uh, things that they clearly see that they believe is a contradiction to scripture. So they believe that what I believe in about God and the Holy scriptures has always been a lie because I've studied this and yada, yada, yada. But I think when you dig deep down, I agree with you that no, it's like really your heart really wants to, you know, it's itching ears. It's itching ears. Yeah. But I think sometimes the questions can be legitimate. It's, it's, it's when we start to have faith in the things that we learn that 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 draws away from away from God more than actually having faith in the in the scriptures. And I believe that a lot of people's questions and a lot of people's beef about the scriptures or even when they have things about science is legitimate. And I do think two things can be true at the same time that our questions and our our doubts about God can be legitimate but I think that if we take the time to wrestle with it I think scripture is true that when when it says that you know we love the things of the of this world yeah and it draws us away from from God yeah hopefully you, you didn't misinterpret what I was saying because my my issue wasn't even with the questions but it's the submission to the answers it's the it's the the kind of answers that your heart wants which is the problem. Yeah, I, I yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I just think that 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 okay, I, so I think I'm looking at it from I'm looking at it from like when I evangelize to like agnostics and atheists because it's such that's such a hard pill for atheists to swallow because they don't believe that. Yes. Or somebody who walked away from it's like it's like if they never belong to the Lord, right? Them them suppressing the truth is such a foreign mm -hmm. biblical concept to them. Because so it's spiritual. It's spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so the, the Corinthians says that a, a natural man doesn't understand spiritual things, but they are spiritually discerned, mm -hmm. right? And so because of that, I think what you're saying is right, and I'm not trying to say what you're saying is wrong. I just think that we even have to be careful in how we present that to someone who has walked away from the faith and now is claiming agnosticism or atheism because they don't even have language for that, mm. especially somebody who who believes that there's no God no more, believes that you know the Bible is false. So this is a great thing. So if you are talking some, to somebody who has walked away from the faith uh, and they are atheist, agnostic, or whatever, where, they're, 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 where spiritual things sound subjective... Yeah. And you know, magical, mystical. How do you how do you approach them then? Because it, it can't all be logic. We we have to address the the human heart. Yeah, I think that you can address the human heart, but not address. Because I think to try to to address the human heart to someone who doesn't have the spirit spirit of God with with biblical principles, it's kind of like. So how do you do it? I think you address the human heart by showing them what drove them from the Lord in the first place. I just don't think that we have to use the Bible's language a lot of times to explain that because it's like, you are you really trying to tell me that I don't believe I I don't believe that science disproves that Jesus that Jesus doesn't exist or Jesus is not God in the flesh? I know in my heart they don't understand that. No, it's there. They they're exchanging the truth for a lie. They don't understand that they're suppressing, you know, uh, um, you know, the truth. They don't understand that concept from a from with biblical language. But they can't understand it. No, like your unbelief did not start with logic. Your unbelief started when your mom um, beat you and your father was abusive to you, and God didn't come save you. Right. So your, your unbelief started when you cried out to God um, for, you know, um, 
for somebody to stop molesting you for three years and you feel like he ignored you. Your unbelief started, you know what I'm saying, when, when, when you cried out to God to come rescue you and you felt like he didn't hear you. That, like, I think talking to someone, someone who walked away from the faith or an atheist or an agnostic about that, but to say, no, you're suppressing the truth. It's like, I don't think that that's going to be well received to somebody. Even though it's true, I don't think it's just going to be well received, and which it shouldn't if they don't believe in the Bible. It's like, I just don't believe in trying to, like, give people biblical language for something that they don't believe. They don't believe in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? And so, that's all. I have thoughts. But Tell I'll, me your I'll thoughts. Kick. There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place. Yeah, because I, 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 I think with some people, because you, you're talking about contextualization. Yes. Which is, you know, identifying where a person is, what they believe, their framework, worldview, and speaking into that. Um, but I also think that there is sometimes a place for using biblical language and trusting the Holy Spirit to give understanding Absolute, to it. Absolutely. So I, 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 I get, I'm not disagreeing. I'm, I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm going to like not retract my statement. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think when you're trying to draw somebody or lead somebody to the faith, back to the faith or to the faith right. they've never been. I do think that there is a time and a place where you should give them scripture, but you have to be in close proximity enough to be close enough to know when you're supposed to apply the scripture. Yes. Because I think to, for you to sometimes leading with that can be like, okay, mm-hmm. here's another person saying, giving me truth. That mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. I do think that we, we, we suppress the truth in mm-hmm. exchange for, for a lot. Right. Um, the Bible is true when it says that, but I, I, I don't think that a lot of times we should lead with that. I think that that being that open door, being in that person's life will one day eventually say, man, okay, we talked about all of this stuff, you know, for the X amount of months. Let me open up the scripture and let me, let me you know, mm-hmm. and they might be in a, in a place to receive the scripture yeah. now because it's coming from a a a, a, a person that they trust yeah and so i i do think i'm not saying that we should never give people yeah, the scripture you're not talking in extremes yeah i'm just saying like i, I think that we have to be wise in when we do it yeah we got it <laughs> see we was disagreeing but we 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 go on the same page now. <laughs> this, this actually became a real banter yeah or because this is yeah what we would do at home absolutely okay to close i am aware of uh, the potential that there are people listening who have either left the faith but still engage with faithful content mm-hmm. or there are those who are tempted to leave the faith. And so I guess I just want to I want to give an encouragement and if, if it's on your spirit to do so, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to acknowledge how hard it is to obey God and how hard this world is. Yeah. Like there's a lot of suffering and you got people that have gone through unimaginable things and how that tempts you to to not trust mainly that God is good, that God sees you, that God cares for you, that God uh, wants to and will protect you. And I, I guess my encouragement would be is that may the Holy Spirit give you the power to believe what God says about himself Mm -hmm. because the devil loves to use the things that we've gone to as an attempt to make us change our minds about what God has revealed. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you know, if I was sexually abused and God was sovereign, therefore God is good. Right. When God is good or, um, you get what I'm saying? And so I, I guess my encouragement would be like, I, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will empower you to really believe that God is all that he revealed himself to be, that he is good even when things aren't good, that he is great even when things aren't great, that he is there even when you feel abandoned, that he is present even when you feel rejected, like that that's, that's legitimately reality. And that out of that faith in the person of God, that even as life and its ebbs and its flows and its suffering and all the things that that wouldn't keep you from faith. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Cuz I, I when I think about our ancestors, the 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 like we cannot fathom how traumatic slavery was. Yeah. We cannot fathom it. Oh man. 
but they stayed faithful. Yeah. A lot of them did. Yeah. Because they believe God. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Go ahead. That's really good. I think about um, our ancestors um, who served the Lord in the midst of their struggle often, which is the reason why I I, I wrote about it before and put it in poems because um, they had a different type of faith. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think. I think one thing which kind of like leads me to my encouragement, one thing that it that it that it encourages me, and which I I, I would want to encourage others to know that man, when when we see someone struggling with their faith, or when we see someone walk away from their faith, I know it can be hurtful, but nah, but we have to understand that the same God who has been in control of our life is is He's in control of everything, He's in control of everything, and I, I know sometimes it can it can it can seem outside of our our, our, our control. We don't have the power to like convince someone we can feel helpless. Maybe you have a son or a daughter who walked away or whatever. And it's like, no, like, like commit yourself like to, to prayer and commit yourself to, to crying out and, and seeking the Lord because man, God is in control of it all. Hmm. Like, I think that we have to remind ourselves that maybe it sounds like a cliche, but it's, it's so true. Like God is in control and we don't know. We don't know. Only thing that we can do is be faithful, give the gospel and pray. And those who belong to God, God will be faithful to, to, to chastise, to draw back to himself and um, uh, bring that person back into his fold. And so uh, be hopeful, hope the best, um, be an open door and um, be prayerful. And if it means anything, I just got I got to say this. Remember when Peter, when he denied Jesus three times, three times. Yeah. God knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. God is not surprised by our unfaithfulness mm. or our unbelief. That's good. But for those who are his, he is at the right hand of the father interceding. For what? That your faith, though it may be tested, will not fail. Yeah. And so, I mean, even if you've walked away from God for a long time, in the same way that Jesus said to Peter, I say to you, when you turn again, strengthen your brothers meaning whatever it is that you learn whatever it is that you went through that is not going to keep you from ministry hello somebody so (laughs) that's it that's a good word bye all right you guys i told you that you were going to love it i already know that you loved it so go over to wherever you listen to podcasts wherever you right now are listening whether you listen in spotify or apple music or maybe you go to overcast Wherever you listen to podcasts, go right now and subscribe to 30 Minutes with the Perrys. Friends, don't forget, if you're interested in helping us link arms with building a church for the Kasalaba Church in Uganda, we would love to have any amount of donation that you could give. Go to jamieivy.com slash build a church. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Executive producer, Jamie Ivy. The show is produced by Lindsay Sweeney and edited by Angie Elkins. Art by Jen Jet Barrett. Original music by Matt Graham. And I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend.